Hey everybody, this is Sarah here. Today we are going to be doing something a little different for our podcast. For those of you that don't know, me and Renee live in Graham, North Carolina. Renee moved here about three years ago and I have actually grown up here my whole life in Alamance County. For those that have never been to Graham, there is still today a Confederate statue in the middle of downtown Graham. And since the murder and death of George Floyd, there has been an upheaval in downtown. There have been protesters on both sides. Protesters who are fighting to get the statue down. And then protesters on the opposite side who want to keep their statue and keep their, quote, way of life. This podcast is all about inclusivity. We love to hear people's sides on on both sides. On this podcast, all we were trying to do is seek to understand. So today we have the amazing opportunity to speak with a Graham police officer. Her name is Crystal, and she has been a police officer and a detective for 19 years in this city. She has seen everything and she has heard everything. And we are so excited to ask her some questions and just to see her point of view. We talk about everything. We talk about her own experiences in the police department, not just being a police, but being a woman and being a police. We talk about accreditation. We talk about classes. We talk about jurisdiction. And we also talk about the very controversial statue in downtown Graham. Now, I'm just going to put this out there. You guys, if you've listened to our podcast, you know we don't want that statue there. It needs to go. And at this point, it's definitely a public safety issue. So our idea for this week was to get another viewpoint, get another opinion. And I think me and Renee both feel if we want to make a change in this world, we got to take time to just sit down and listen and understand each other. We hope you guys enjoy this episode today. Please reach out to us, ask us questions. We're here to listen and we are here to learn. You can email us at killusnowpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, killusnow underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and let's get into our episode. for listening this is kill us now i'm sarah i'm renee and this is kill us now so today we're going to do something a little different we actually have an awesome guest with us her name is crystal thank you for joining us crystal thank you for having me so tell everyone what you do for a living okay let's give them an idea yeah, I do some free work, but to make money, yes. Yeah. Um, I work as a police officer. I've been a police officer for 19 years. Just had my anniversary. 19 years. Yes. That's a long time. It is. Okay. It, the career has grown up, and it, it can leave the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can yeah. almost drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have you always been in Graham? No. Okay. Well, I mean, as a police officer, yeah. Yes. But, okay. Um, yeah. I, I have... I had a, a life before that, so yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you do before? I, I 
immediately before I worked for a nonprofit on domestic violence. And oh, nice. So I had a lot more experience of being in court than a lot of folks who start this career mm-hmm. first. Um, so I help victims of domestic violence with um, the court system, basically, civil and criminal. And then before that, I worked at um, a children's home as a residential counselor on third shift. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you, Crystal. Yes. You ready? Yeah. Tell me what it's like to be a woman and be a police officer. Because there's a lot of men over there. It is. Tell me. Just tell me. It I need is. to know. I got to know. I mean, it can be fun sometimes yeah. being different mm-hmm. than the majority. It certainly can. Mm-hmm. And then it can be challenging at times. I remember when I was new. And again, this was like 19 years ago. Um, we go on a call, a bunch of, I don't even know what the call's about. And there was a baby mm-hmm. and somebody had to hold the baby. So they gave me the baby and I'm like, I'm the least qualified person here to hold this child. <laughs> Cause you were a woman. So I, you're the one that right, has to hold the baby. You hold the baby. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Like, don't y'all have children? Why, why you get a baby to me? Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah. Well, because you're the woman. Right. You got boobs, so there's so. a lot of assumptions. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions about that. But, you know, that stuff quickly goes away. It does? Yes. Okay. Like, I have seen women who don't act like stereotypical women in right. this job. Right. And, and out of the job. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you see the jobs that, mm-hmm. you know, seem like they would be right up a woman's alley yeah and you get pigeonholed into that like i'm done with taking minutes okay like that is not I, i'm good at it that's one of the problems is that i'm good at taking the minutes is of that because it, it's like a secretary it almost job. feels like it sometimes but and, yeah yeah um, and, it, and it's not just at my workplace like i i go outside my workplace and mm-hmm. meet with other kinds of entities within the law enforcement world and i'm like wait no i don't want to take the minutes i don't don't want to take the minutes anymore i always get the well you probably have the best handwriting it's like you've never seen me write anything like why are you just assuming Mm -hmm. so do you still deal with that on like a daily basis or do you feel like it's kind of changed over the years since you first started i think it has changed a lot Yeah. yeah i mean even within the last 10 years, I remember going to a school, going to have lunch with some kids, right? Mm-hmm. Just be a good, positive presence in the school. Mm-hmm. And little girls look at me and go, are you the girl police? Okay. Mm, like they didn't know that that even happened. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was kind of shocking. <laughs> so I actually didn't know that you were actually a police officer. So you've arrested people. Yeah. I'm so excited right now. Well, I cannot yeah. even stand myself. <laughs> <laughs> so have you always worked for graham or in, always in the police world yes okay oh my gosh yeah. okay so can you tell me the one case that has stuck with you are you allowed to say that are you allowed to divulge that information to me i mean i, I can be non-specific okay yes. i want to know the one case that you still think about like to this day i wish i could tell you there was one is there multiple yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. My friend did a really good job. So I teach on the side. That's mm-hmm. my side hustle. And so luckily I teach in criminal justice. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of resources, guest speakers and mm-hmm. good folks that can come and, and talk other than myself. Um, and she described 
the job as like you're carrying around a bucket. And I'm sure this translates to every, you know, every life, every profession. But she talked about the bucket that you carry around for your job. Yeah. And that with almost every case, there's a different size rock that you throw in the bucket. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you don't realize that you're dragging this weight around. Oh, okay. But, you know, every day you're struggling with this bucket of stuff that you've just accumulated over the years. Yeah. Um, so there's several. I mean, I had one, um, I did juvenile investigations. Uh-huh. And a lot of those were sex cases, and that's just a hard thing to to yeah. see yeah. And, uh, in a way that most people don't see. Right. You know, what you see in court and what you see in the newspapers is part of it. Mm-hmm. That's not all of it. Right. So there's there's some of those that stick with me. And there was certainly one case where there was just a lot of kids involved. A lot of kids? A lot of kids. In Alamance County? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. It's Crystal, don't do it's this. Everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. no. And I remember having to watch videos. <gasps> I feel like that's... Every time I hear, like, that that's the one thing I don't think I would ever be able to do, is sit there and have to fully immerse yourself into that world to understand and and treat it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you do that at work and then go home every day? Like, how do you separate yourself? That's it's got to be the hardest thing ever. It is, and it's a lot of self discipline and, right. and having people in your corner who. Mm-hmm might not fully understand what you're going through yeah i remember the people i worked with at the time at the sexual assault center you know we would just we would decompress a lot after a case because they had you know a shared experience right with you and then you talk a lot about it and you know think about what our career would be if we didn't have to deal with this you know uh, yeah like what could i do where i didn't have to think about this on a daily basis i think i would drink a lot yeah <laughs> i mean unfortunately it doesn't help but yeah, for a minute i think i would be like mm-hmm. it'll make you forget about it for a minute but Why, there's please? yeah i mean there's some oh other re- really great cases that you know you probably don't get as I mean, not, are any of them great cases? I mean, they don't call us because they're having a good time. Right. They don't call because, right. you know, they just want you to come and visit yeah. and, and have um, a nice meal. They call you because something's wrong. Yeah. Um, but, like, I remember I saw a lady um, recently, you know, at the grocery store. Right. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she said, I'm doing well, you know. We have a nice conversation. Well, you know, she, there was a horrible thing that happened to her in her past. Yeah. And... I remember one day she showed up at the police department and said, here, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. I need you to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we did what we did. Yeah. Took offender to jail. Okay. Prosecuted. He probably pled guilty. It was a horrible, horrible thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, she's in the lobby again. Well, where does my heart go? Yeah. Like as far down as it could physically go in my body. And I'm right. like, oh, no, not again. I thought we sent him to prison. What's mm-hmm. happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just wanted to show up and say, hey, I want to let you know I was doing well. And I was like, oh, my God. You know? So I bet it's little things like that that kind of keep you mm-hmm. motivated and keep you yeah. into doing, yeah. doing stuff like that. And I think that the fact that I specialized in sexual assault and 
yeah. cases for a while, a while, and domestic violence cases for a while. You know, you have the same victims yeah. a lot of times over and over again, and that's yeah. okay. It's hard for a lot of people to consider that you know this leaving's a process, yeah, not yeah. an event. And um, but you know, getting to know people mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. And then I had one lady one time who just made me feel really bad. And she was doing well when I saw her. Yeah. Um, but she says, you know, after you stop checking on me, um, you know, I kind of fell back into it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a caseworker. Right. But, you know, I did for a while. I'm like, you doing OK? Yeah. Do you need anything? Yeah. And then, you know, she said that to me and I was like, OK, guilt. All right. Yeah. yeah. So that was hard. But she did eventually, you know, break free from that relationship. So well, that's those are good. The, those are the good things. There's that so there are good stories out there. Mm-hmm. There's some good, good endings. And we don't see that a lot of times. You just see the, the first. We see half. the crisis. Yeah. And do the investigation, and then, you know. And you don't get to see the after. I'm lucky that I have been able to. So I've got two questions. Okay. So one is talking on, like, that trauma kind of aspect of it. Is there someone, a counselor for the police department to help you guys through, like, to just have someone to talk to and and deal with just the, the stress and everything of the job? Yes. Yes, um, both on a formal and informal basis. So um, I'm excited that my workplace is not a place where the employee assistance program is stigmatized. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be willing to go, you know, I need some help with this. Yeah. We do not have a stigma on that. In fact, a lot of people who've been through it talk well about, you know, okay, this is what I went through and they helped me with that. So there's not that barrier as much for somebody to say, I need some help. And even informally, you know, you have the people who've been through the trauma with you there mm-hmm. that you can talk to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I even remember I heard, there was a really bad, it was a, a child that had, that was killed. And um, I had to hold mm-hmm. the baby. And everybody was just, it was awful. Yeah. yeah. And when I got back in the building, I guess somebody looked at me and said, uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, the chaplain's in my office and said, the chief sent me. And I was like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like to check on you yeah. and make sure you're okay. So that's. That's good. Yeah. That, that makes me, that makes me feel good. That, that, that. That that is accepted and utilized. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there are places that it's not. Yeah. Um, but I certainly think that there are a lot of departments that are trying to break that barrier down yeah. and say this is not a bad thing. Yeah. Hum- yeah. Humans Everybody have needs this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has feelings. Yeah. Okay, Surprise. So, okay, so I have a question. I have a question. <laughs> I have a three year old daughter. Give me advice. What's the one thing you can tell me? Because, I mean, I hear about, like, sex trafficking, even in Alamance County. How can you protect? How can I protect my three-year-old? Because it's, I mean, you have cell phones that have, like, apps now that disappear. So parents, they could be talking to some random person on the phone, and the parent can't even know because there's, like, disappearing apps now, Mm -hmm. which is super scary. Right. So tell me. Teach me. How do how do I protect her from this? What's something that I can do? I I heard somebody um, talk about this, and 
the the answer was well who is who is it safe who's safe that we can leave our child with and nobody that was the answer nobody nobody is that you got to be that person you got to be that mom and not succumb to pressure yeah and and be nosy and be up in their business and you know children do often perform well when they're structured so it's and it's hard yeah i know i'm gonna be be having her passwords right yeah no (laughs) i'll be looking at her facebook page absolutely my mom did that to me i I could not get away with anything Mm -hmm. she knew all of it and that's how you keep them safe now is it always 100 percent? you're gonna always keep them safe no but letting them know that i'm always watching you that you're always watching (laughs) and that they can tell you when something's wrong yeah i think that's a big thing it's huge yeah and because i mean i've seen mothers and parents who didn't believe their kids and that hurts the kid yeah hurts me yeah why you why no your baby's telling you this yeah like i always i want to be tough and I want, but I also want her to know, like, if anything is happening, you're not going to get in trouble. Just, just tell me, like, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, which I think when I was younger, I felt like, I don't know, like, I couldn't tell stuff like that to my mom because she would just kind of get mad. So I want to do different, I think, with mm-hmm. my, with my child. Do you have another question? There was another one. I don't remember. All right. Let's get on our list. What's our next question for Crystal? Um, Body cams? Body cams. Do you guys have body cams? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Nice. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay with it. How you feel about it, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people think cops don't like wearing them. Oh, they do. It's fine. Yeah. I think the initial, like, oh, God. Can you imagine if you had to wear camera on your body at all time every time you talk to somebody yeah i mean there's a little bit of fear involved there Mm -hmm. you know i don't always say the right things i want to i'd like to believe i do but they would cut my camera off they'd be like i can't listen (laughs) i can't listen to this girl no more (laughs) and then you get the more stories about you know forgetting that it's on and then going to the bathroom you, oh. you don't oh yeah you get trained on remember yeah there, there are signs remember to turn to your c- stuff off <laughs> turn it off now so is there someone always watching the cameras yeah. no 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 no, 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 no. They well, get, okay does it have to be i think i saw recently that's like routine check every yes. like month or something like yes. that they just yeah. kind of go through the footage um and you know i do a lot of policy work and looking at best practices and things like that so yes supervisors from you know the street level on up are always looking at these not only for you know catching somebody doing something wrong catching somebody doing something right um you know using that for you know going oh we need some training on this i was gonna clearly we need some training i was gonna ask if that footage is ever used for training purposes and saying like oh look this works Mm -hmm. we're like this is proven now that Mm -hmm. this works Mm -hmm. and i do um i work in accreditation and so i have to show proofs of compliance with our policies so even i will look at them 
and I'll be and I'll be like, okay, this is a good example of, you know, that we had lights and sirens on um, in a pursuit. So boom, there it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, supervisors can look at these things. They don't necessarily, there's not somebody always looking at it live feed, but it's always reviewed in a pursuit investigation and a use of force investigation and even the stuff that's not high risk or high liability. Um, you know, and I think at first people were concerned, you know, I'm going to be talking to my spouse on the phone and they're going to be listening to that. And that's my personal business. I mean, yeah, yeah. because you don't know at first what the policy is going to look like. But, you know, there's clear policies about when you turn it on, when you turn it off. And then like the, the issues we talked about, sexual assault victims. How how eager are you to um, disclose if you know you're being recorded? Yeah, that's right. you got to think about that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's been a lot of good policy work in making it so that um, what we record is important. And then, of course, there's all the legal aspects about everybody wants things disclosed and, and they just, you know, it's not a preference to not disclose. Sometimes there's laws about disclosing what's on the video. Um, and, and I think a lot of police officers like the fact that we have the, vi the videos now because, you know, when you're in a situation with an officer, your memory of it may be different from what the officer's version is and mm -hmm. what the body cam footage shows. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where there's a complaint. Mm -hmm. Where we don't have to take somebody's word either side for it. Yeah, we can go back and look at the footage and yeah, you yeah. know this is what happened. Yeah, so I think sometimes, especially like I've gotten pulled over a number of times, and I just kind of like blank because I'm so like sure. nervous. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure. Like, yeah. Oh, if no. someone asked me what happened, I've been like, I honestly have no idea. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. out of it. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. So that, that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, Renee, hit her with another question. I'm trying to read my words. Um, so I had a question about the accreditation. Mm -hmm. Actually, you'd mentioned that and I don't really, I know recently the mayor said something about a flagship I don't remember his exact oh, yes. words, but yeah, I thought that was super interesting. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So um, our agency that. and a lot of local agencies are accredited through the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies, CALEA. And um, we have been since 1998. So this means yeah. that there are, I think, like 484 standards that are settled upon by the commissioners and these are basically law enforcement best practices and so the standard says you must have a written directive that says that you will do this this and this mm -hmm. so the written directive will be the policy and our policy says you will do this this and this and then my job is also also to show proof that we comply with the policy says do this this and this so we have done this this and this every single year of the accreditation process nice. so you know you find somebody doing this this or this mm -hmm. and then um it gets reviewed once a year by a compliance service person um online and then um people come and visit of course not right now because they can't yeah um so they have to do it virtually right now but they come in and make sure and they do interviews with your staff and while they're there they can do whatever they want like they can say okay i'm gonna ride with you you know, you can plan out an agenda, but they can talk to anybody. And that's designed to make sure that you're following through, that you're not just saying that you do this, but you really do it. Yeah. So they're in the car with people who are doing the work. 
It's like a health inspector. It is. For, uh, for a restaurant. It is. <laughs> you never know when they're coming. It is. And, and our state has a really robust network of agencies that get together. Um, usually we have meetings every other month and we discuss policies. We discuss, you know, we help each other. We share information. So I think, you know, with a lot of the stuff that's in the news right now, um, there are some agencies who don't. You know, and it's not like it's free to do this. You have to pay money to be accredited. And the process involves a lot of, you know, personnel and time in addition to what you pay. Um, But it's worth it because, you know, it helps you in so many ways. And so I'm not saying whether or not some of these agencies in the news are accredited, but with some of the demands that people want from Mm -hmm. law enforcement right now, that certainly helps with that. Um, well, I'm sure it does. It, it does. If that makes it, sense. It shows, oh, you know, no, chokeholds, no, why would we do that? Yeah. That is proven not to be effective. It's not a best practice. Yeah. It's already not there you yeah. know, in a policy. So that, you know, just one of those examples. That, Way to go, Graham. You know. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. All right. Next yeah. question. Nay. Um, this is not on our list, but I had a question on the sheriff's department versus the police department. Cause I know they exist in the same space here, but I feel like that's, you know, I mean, Alamance County is bigger than just Graham. Mm-hmm. So I, I see those as one entities, but I know that they're two. Mm-hmm. So it's just, what is that? I don't know enough about everything to know what is a sheriff's department thing and a police department. Awesome. What's the jurisdiction, I, or what's the difference yeah, between right? the two? Because I see, I see the sheriff's cars m- m- now more than I ever see yeah. like a Graham police car. So, yeah. and so it's like, what is that relationship, and what is the responsibilities for those? So that's easy, and I I won't speak specifically about you know yeah. individual departments, but because I teach that, you know, mm-hmm. I I tell tell people who are students, you know, this is how the models go. So there's, um subject matter jurisdiction and territorial jurisdiction mm-hmm. um and they're most of the subject matter jurisdiction is the same like the types of crimes that you enforce for any local agency because like here we enforce the laws of north carolina mm-hmm. um however within the city we have certain city ordinances that we might be involved with enforces with enforcing, um, whereas another city or whatever wouldn't necessarily enforce those because they occur within this territorial jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, it's that's one type of jurisdiction is you know basically the layout of where you are, and then the subject matter is the the law that you enforce. So whereas. Um, we have a, I don't know, there's probably seven or eight law enforcement agencies in this county. Mm-hmm. There's a lot because you have your different cities. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so they usually enforce the laws within that city and don't go outside. Um, but the sheriff's office in a particular, in, you know, any particular county, usually there are some places where the model is different, um, but they are in charge of the unincorporated areas, the places that aren't um, cities. You know, there's a lot of county here um, and in other places. So that doesn't mean they can't enforce the laws inside the city limits, but for the most part, you know, they're the ones that are charged with enforcing the 
state laws within the unincorporated areas. So, yeah, they have their territory involves and includes all of the cities, but also extends beyond that. And then often they are the ones responsible for the jails and the courthouses as well. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. That's a lot to keep up with. It, that's as a, a lot. As a citizen, to be like, <laughs> it is. That's a lot. Uh huh. Because it does seem like every kind of place, you know, can has the ability to choose what laws they want to enforce, and based off of what their needs are as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a little when you think about it, it gets daunting as a citizen. Like, ah, I don't know what to what to do. But I mean. Any suggestions? I know that's a loaded question, but... To do about what? Let me clarify that. Um, like, how are the the laws that people can, um, or typically enforce, is it so different that people need to be more concerned about, like, certain areas, like, I don't know, this isn't coming to you under... Am I making any sense? I mean, you're kind of making sense. So, like, per territory, are there different? Yeah. Are there different laws? Like, I'm thinking about jaywalking, like, where that. I mean, that's one of those things where no, it's a law, but it's not really going to be enforced. But what if I was walking on like Elon's campus? Like, could I get arrested for it? And is that something that we really need to worry about as citizens? I don't know. <laughs> are you a jaywalker well, welcome to my brain no i'm not i think all the years in boston i was like i'm no if i jaywalk i'm gonna get hit by a car like no right <laughs> like right? i'm walking on that crosswalk and i'm pushing that button and i'm waiting for that sign renee had to show me how to use the push buttons in downtown the other day i didn't know oh, I, grew up they're in, new. I grew up in mevin they're new i grew up in almost county i don't know how to use them push buttons well they're also like not set up properly like it's against what you would it's like if i want to cross the street here i need to go over here to push the button i had no idea i lived in dc so it, i think it was pretty similar there so yeah yeah, yeah was, uh, i just was gonna walk across the street right. when i was like can't do that right. you gotta push the button you gotta wait <laughs> you gotta push the button and i'm sure maybe in altamaha it might be different mm-hmm. you know crossing the street yes yeah. so you know I would just say be safe wherever you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of simplistic, you know. And and you know, and you know, there are different, you know, different cities will have different priorities. Yeah. Um, you know, based on what's important to them, and maybe based on what their um, city leadership says, you're going to focus on this. We don't want you to worry about this. Yeah. I guess I kind of wish that that was like more public knowledge. Mm-hmm. I wish there was like. It just had to be stated on their site, like website or something. Like, these are our, like a mission statement almost. And like, so people can kind of understand like, oh, this is what that area um, enforces. And like what their, kind of their mindset on policing. And I think that speaks a lot to discretion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, this particular profession involves a lot of discretion mm-hmm. and you know that's knowing the laws and knowing what your options are and being able to choose and and the way that we talk about that in the classroom is that um your discretion changes based on the seriousness of the offense yeah you know and and what's going on at the time so you know i always 
make a joke because that's what I do um, about, you know, if somebody's jaywalking, we'll use your jaywalking. Do you have a decision to make about whether or not you want to enforce that? Can that be affected by the time of day it is, how heavy traffic is, yeah. um, whether or not you're ready to go home or you just got on shift? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a lot of factors that could go into that. But the law says that you can do it, right? Yeah. I could just be having a bad day and be like, you're you're getting a ticket. It's it, Yeah, yeah. asshole. You just jaywalked. <laughs> Yeah. And hopefully we don't use that very much. That is not the kind of discretion I know we encourage. I know y'all don't do that. I know. They don't do that, guys. They but then that. if you roll up to a murder scene, can you go, mm, I'm going to let you slide this time. Can you That's, do that? No, you can't. <laughs> no, you cannot. That's where, your discretion, That's where your discretion disappears. You don't really yeah. have oh. that much discretion there. You know, you can't let somebody off on a warning for that. No, 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 So, no, no. yes. I was like, <laughs> You're like, what? Is this something I didn't know? <laughs> oh, my God. Do you really get a freebie? No, you do not. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I That's got a question for you. Of the model. So... What's what's one thing that you see in crime shows that is just completely ridiculous and you laugh at it every single time? Do you watch crime shows? I'm sure you do. I limit it because, okay. you know, I I feel bad. I mean, there aren't that many shows about working in a machine shop. So mm-hmm. I'm sure my husband doesn't share that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God, that's so unrealistic. <laughs> you know. Like, that's what it would be like watching a, a show with him. Yeah. And he'd be like, we have to turn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I get, like, I get to that point with a show and you're done. I'm, I can't watch this. Because it's Because it's, it's so far-fetched. Like, right. You know, the whole CSI thing. Yeah. Ooh, that has an effect on the juries there. You know? Yeah. Like, no, we don't luminol everything. Well, I feel like people that watch shows like that get this, uh, you know, preach, yeah, in their head, and then they, you know, go on a jury, and they're thinking it's one way, and it's completely mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Can't you just test that? Or, like, like, we deal with the, can't you just enlarge that picture and, like, make it depixelate, like, that, what's the enlarge right. button? Yeah. And like Can't you just it zoom up? it in and blow it up, and it yeah. looks perfectly crystal clear? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Mm-hmm. So, you, you have to, you sure. have to limit your you're watching of the yeah those shows there's a lot of the science stuff that it's like no this doesn't happen yeah on or or for some reason it can't yeah you know there's some circumstance where no that couldn't happen Mm -hmm. um so there's yeah there's a lot of the csi stuff that um yeah i loved i love on hawaii 50 when they have that technology Mm mm-hmm yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> here, here. let me touch this table and throw it up on the wall. Oh, yeah. like, uh, oh, like, yeah. Tony oh, like Tony yeah, Stark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Local you, governments don't have so that money. Does, I like that you said local donuts. Um, is there something that, is there a TV program that gets it right? Or that is closest? So I've heard that in the medical field, Scrubs is actually the show that gets it the most right. That so makes sense. Is there a... I don't know, because I don't watch that many. I mean, and the ones I watch are not, because they get it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's, it's entertaining. Make, it's probably to make fun of it. I well, think I would do that. No, I don't even like that part. I mean, I like the... I don't know. I liked Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah. I love Criminal Minds. But let's Minds. be honest, probably because Shamar Moore. But, um... Oh, yes. Hello. Um... <laughs> But it was, yeah, I mean, there was personalities and that was fun. But, um, and, and I liked it because it was not 
realistic to me. Yeah. You know, that was not what happened every day. Um, but, you know, that you're not, nobody's going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. They'll be entertained by, you know, five or ten minutes of an investigation. Mm-hmm. But then the amount of time it takes to write that report. Yeah. No, nobody wants to watch you type. Yeah. And get interrupted and then have to come back to it. And right. Yeah, none of that stuff is fun to watch. Did you watch Making a Murderer? No. Oh, I was going to ask you if you thought Stephen Avery did it. <laughs> nope. Didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, man. And I will like, often Crystal, go. you got to watch it. Oh, people want my opinion on real cases. I'm like, look, I don't investigate that. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you. I was going to ask I you. I try not to be judgy. Did he do it? Okay. Look, okay. I'm going to ask you a question. And we're going to switch topics. I'm going to talk to you about Graham. Crystal, what the hell? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Can you shed some light on what is happening? Do you think all of this that's happening right now is because there's a Confederate statue in downtown Graham? Is that um, why? I think that certainly uh, affects part of it. It certainly is a magnet. Okay. Yeah. That draws a lot of attention to yeah. this town. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So if if there was not a statue, do you think that this would be happening right now? You mean all the people gathering yeah. and things? Yeah. And the, the cop presence. Like yesterday was... Yesterday as a citizen was extreme to me. To see the... Just the mass of sheriff's department and police departments... And the people on the roof and like especially living this close like it was a little worrisome and then there was cars parked on my street last night and it was just like what do i do yeah but, i'm so scared so yeah. for those listening who don't know we live in graham and there is still a a confederate statue in downtown graham and um, that has been a point of contention um here for a while um and there has been protesters on both sides that have showed up recently mm-hmm. in downtown Graham. What is what's going on? Tell us. I know you know. You? I know yeah. you know. Can you tell us anything? I cannot speak for my department. Okay. Yeah. As in that is not my job. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing to consider anytime there are situations where people are passionate. Yeah. And that there are lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um you, you have to be prepared. Yeah. And I think for a lot of folks, it looks overprepared. Yes. Yeah. But Better I'd be. rather be overprepared in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have spent all morning drafting an email. One email. Yeah. All morning. That's what I've been working on. Totally unrelated to work. It's women's club, you know. Yeah. And I'm working really hard to make sure I cover everything I need to cover in this email. Yeah. So that I don't leave anything out. I don't upset anybody. And in other examples, so that nobody gets hurt. I appreciate that because I feel like I come across just general in life, people that don't do that, that don't put in any sort of effort Mm -hmm. and they just give you one little thing and then they just walk away and you're left with being like, I don't know what's going on or you didn't fully explain something or now I've got feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think they're going to take down the statue? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Crystal. I don't know. And and it's, you know, it it is on county property. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that's something that a lot of people get. They, they don't know who's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't know that that's the only answer that just because it's on county property, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not my decision to make. Yeah. So is there, I would say since Memorial Day, things are just kind of crazy. Um, do you feel like there's a difference in the police department? Like the environment is a little, what's that environment like post Memorial Day? Post George Floyd. Yeah. Post George Floyd. I'll tell you, um, and I think people expect it to be a lot different. Mm-hmm. And I think in some places it really is. Um, but the spotlight is always on us. Sometimes it burns more than others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think yeah. in this profession in general, people always feel like people are looking at them either in a good way or a bad way. Um, so I don't know that it's any worse really you know i think people themselves have a lot of feelings that they're dealing with not necessarily related to you know how people are treating you or you know because yeah what what we often don't see is that when police get that spotlight and it burns um there are people who were you know behind us and are, are patting us on the back saying but you're doing a good job we appreciate you so that's what is often happening behind the scenes yeah so you know there's good and bad yeah and the training i think we have a lot more training than people think yeah and so that's what um this whole like the defund the police and um stuff like that i know my personal views on it are just kind of so i think about when and I don't think it's really necessary here, but I think that there probably are departments. I mean, there's tons of departments across the states that um, the that maybe need to get kind of looked upon and and fixed. And I know when they were redoing the Chick Fil A on Huffman Mill Road, it was easier for them to demolish the whole building, just build a whole new one, instead of fixing what was already there. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I. It's a good metaphor. Yeah, Whoa, just, yeah. <laughs> Chick Fil A. <laughs> so I want that's pickles how. Now. What? I want pickles now. Yeah. You want pickles? <laughs> so that's how I see people saying defund the police or dismantle the police is just kind of taking everything away just to rebuild it and to rebuild it into something that's a little bit more uh, created more for the current environment in this more modern environment versus, you know, something from like the 60s. So also in that is, you know, training and looking at how police are trained. But I feel like as just general citizens, I don't really know what kind of training goes in. I've seen like these little memes of like, it. you spend more hours getting your barber license than you do to be a cop. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's true. That seems like... Yeah. So yeah. Crystal's looking at us like we're. I, I don't know how long it runs. takes to be a barber. I <laughs> yeah. don't know that I could speak on that. Yeah. So it's it's. I feel like there's, if looking at the situation rationally, I think it's more likely that there's a lot that goes into being a police officer that we don't know about, and a lot that goes into like continuously training. And I mean, it's probably 
just that admin stuff that just no one really talks about. Yeah, that non-glamorous stuff that they don't put on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So um and and I love the Chick-fil-A metaphor because um you know if there weren't any other Chick-fil-A's mm-hmm. you didn't get Chick-fil-A for a good amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure how we would operate if yeah. there if we had to wait to build the police over again if we started from nothing yeah because you know, emergencies are going to happen yeah. it's not like we just stop having crime or stop having yeah there's a lot of things that you respond to that aren't necessarily crime related mm-hmm. um so you know and i think i was talking with my family i don't i think most people who want to talk about defunding the police are not necessarily talking about just getting rid of them and you know taking all their money away yeah. and, I, and i don't know any department who is like overstaffed yeah <laughs> you know? right. i yeah. don't think anybody's operating at a surplus of people that i know of because i just don't people always yeah need cops yeah yeah there's probably not a whole lot of well, new cops coming in right now is it I mean, would you want to start? No. No. Um, no. I, I don't know for sure because that's not what I do. But, yeah. you know, the way that you become a police officer, at least in our state, is that, you know, there are state rules on that. There's a lot of people who put a lot of work into saying, okay, these are the minimum standards that you have to have. And they're state mandate. And you have to have a certain number of hours of training on this, this, and this. And so that's you know, that's classroom time. You're sitting there, you're learning things out of a book and you have practical practical exercises. And then at the end of that curriculum, which is at least, you know, several months, depending on which model you use, um, you have months and months of training just to become eligible to get a certification. And then you have to get a job. Like that doesn't, you don't just get your graduation and then and you just automatically become you've a police a officer. You've got a year to get yeah. a job. Yeah. So you, that will that certification will run out within a year. So um, then the that basically the way you keep your certification is that every year the state mandates that this is the training you have to have. So there's a minimum number of hours of training that have to happen every year. Okay. So you get you there's a retraining process. Absolutely. Once a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. We call that in service, and in you know service. that doesn't necessarily just happen on one day. It can be, yeah. you know. There, yeah. There's some that you can do online that you're watching and mm-hmm. reading at the mm-hmm. same time. There's some that require practical exercises. Yeah. Um, that you have to do, and then um, some of most of it is mandated, and then there are you know choices that you have, like if yeah. you want to add some extra training in, mm-hmm. and then so there's not just the mandatory and optional in service, but we have a, a training academy that serves the whole state where officers can go for free training and sometimes things that cost a little bit of money but yeah um you know you go for a week or two or whatever Mm -hmm. a couple days and so you know you can see those classes and say hey i'm interested in learning about this or you know you can have a supervisor saying hey you're going to this yeah um so there's all kinds of training opportunities out there um, and I think, you know, everybody's open to learning more and, and getting more training. There's stuff you have to do, and then there's optional stuff. And then outside of the Justice Academy, there's so many other places that that offer training. I mean, I get training emails every day, yeah. I think. You know, here there's a new class available. Okay, cool. And I think most departments are open to that. Yeah. 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 
I've got so many thoughts, but I don't, I, um, <laughs> I didn't know that you had yeah. to do like retraining mm-hmm. no, and I like that because my sister is a nurse and she has to like redo her nursing, mm-hmm. nursing license. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, the time frame, but, um, and I don't think people know that. No. I don't think a lot of people I know that. They don't. And I also don't think that you, I know there are people out there screaming like defund the police. And I don't think. I think some people do think take the money away, but I think they're idiots and they don't know what they're talking about. I think they're yeah. just saying it because everyone else is saying it. Mm-hmm. I think that the majority of the people who say defund the police are saying take money that they're using for this and, uh, you know, r- r- put it somewhere else. Yeah. Does that, Am I making sense? Yeah. So, like, I think about, like, the sheriff's. So, the sheriff's department separate from the police department. Um I think maybe some of the funds that the sheriff's department has could be better spent somewhere else. It could have a better effect on our community instead of like buying um, like armored vehicles. Like maybe like I, I think even just like I feel like the police department could probably use that better on like doing training or doing something. So other than this militarized kind of aspect of it, and this is just my personal, like I would rather see community-based policing versus um, what looks to me like military-based policing. Um, And like the, my personal thoughts is that the, Sheriff's department tends to lead with intimidation when pushed against. And I would like for that not to be the case. But anyway. They got a big ass tank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about all that. Yeah. I don't, I don't that, know. That thing was right. riding in the parade. They should have put yeah, Santa Claus yeah. on it. Yeah. I, and I don't know, you know, how that came about. I, yeah. I, I try not to involve myself with things that have nothing to do with me yeah um but I, I do agree that you know a lot of the things that police officers do every day are not necessarily what we think of when we think of the function of police yeah and you know but who else is going to respond Nine one one twenty four hours a day yeah we, and if we were to move to that model of making more community services that involves time and money mm-hmm. and you know it's not like you can just swip, flip a switch and you know okay boom it works yeah you know there's a lot of stuff that goes into creating that in the most responsible way so do you think that's if i could if just magically flip that switch and have um some change i would add to public services um like mental health in the same aspect as we see the police department having a mental health department for public safety and mm-hmm. basically expanding the police department to be a public safety department that has these different factors. Um, so that way it's not the same person, the same group of people responding to all these different things. People could be specialized and okay, this is our problem. This department goes mm-hmm. and deals with it. Um, do you think that that would be, is that something that could work? That is that something we could work, maybe work towards is having these, or does it already exist in some fashion is having these specialized people when that call comes in, if it's a domestic violence person, having 
a counselor or something come in in partnership with the police or I don't. Yeah. I think there are a lot of different models out there Um, and smaller towns Mm -hmm. would have trouble funding that, I guess, in a way that makes sense. Um, a lot of times, because, you know, if you had to put a mental health specialist on each shift, then you're going to have to employ at least four more people. So, yeah, and, and mental health is a, is a huge area that needs a lot of improvement um, as far as where it um, intersects with the criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, and, and we have training for that. So there's at least a week-long training, the... the um, it, it involves learning what community um, response is there. And there's a crisis intervention team. You know, there, there are folks who, who will go out, but, you know, the police are going to show up first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, can you always call somebody 24 hours a day and say, hey, hey I'm having a mental health issue. How quickly can somebody be there? usually the police are going to get there first and hopefully they've had some training in CIT. Um, But again, you know, that's not their primary job is, is mental health training. Um, So, you know, you get some of that and, and it's hard to balance really. Um, I mean, it seems like there's a lot on the police shoulders mm -hmm. to like handle everything. Yeah. Um, I think it was someone in Atlanta, maybe. Um, it's like if a dog gets loose, they call the cops. It's like mm-hmm. anything that happens, the police get called. I got called to a house because the kids didn't clean their room. <gasps> no. Spent an hour there. No. An Did you hour. tell that parent, do not do this again? Like, y'all don't have anything else that y'all need to be doing right now? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I just remember going... I just lost an hour of my life. Yeah. Wait, did the parent call or the kid call? The parent called called Mm -hmm. and said, my kid's not cleaning up their room. It basically was a, the kids don't listen situation. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of weird stuff like that. And you're like, what? So, so who can change that? Like, why do we even get the call in the first place? Yeah. So I was going to ask, like, do you... Do calls get fielded out? Do you have to go to any every call that comes in? I think there are probably a few that might get screened out, but uh-huh. for the most part, you know, it's it depends on the dispatch really and what yeah. their understanding is and what resources are available in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, who who's always going to show up? Yeah, I, I was I had this lady that I knew um, who had some really serious mental health issues, and she would call all the time because she couldn't get a ride to mental health. And so she'd say something to get us down there and she didn't have money to, um, to call mental health. So, yeah. you know, this is pay phone days. Yeah. So she called 911, tell them something to get us down there. And then she really just wanted a ride to mental health and she would fight anybody. Like wow. she just didn't like most folks most of the police officers that showed up and so i knew if they said her name that i had to go (laughs) she she responded well to me and i'm like come on get in the car let's go she would try and fight the cops that would come yeah but she called them right yeah right well i mean i'm not saying it makes sense oh bless her yeah no that reminds me of reno 911 i feel like that's played out do Do you watch reno 911 that's a good show it's so good it's funny it is funny and it's coming back isn't it 
Is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's a I movie would, or the show, but yeah. Dangle is back. I have a question. Yeah. Have you heard of the Golden State Killer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've heard of the Golden know. State Killer? No? I don't know. It's a super interesting story. Well, the, the story, there is a super interesting story around it. So Michelle McNamara, she's a crime writer. She was married to Patton Oswald, the comedian. comedian. So she had a brain aneurysm and died as she was finishing this book. And she just became obsessed about the Golden State Killer. And they ended up, because of her journalism and writing this book, she solved it. Wow. Yeah. The Citizen. Awesome. And the document. Okay, there's a documentary. Okay. I know you yeah. don't like watching them, but you should watch it. It's coming to, I think it's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, tonight. Tonight? Tonight. Ooh, I'm going to be home tonight. On what platform? HBO. HBO. It's a six yeah. part series. You can do it. You can do HBO free trial. You would And think, then cancel it. But I don't have great internet, so. Where do you. I live in the country. Where do you live? I'm in Guilford County. Guilford County. Yeah. You live far away from Graham. I do. Why do you live so far? Um, because that was the house we wanted. Okay, yeah. it wasn't intentional. I never intended to move out of the county. Yeah. Do you think this this? I have a question. Do you think all this stuff going on downtown Graham is going to die down, or do you think that this is it's going to get worse before it gets better? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's. It just depends. Yeah. So have you seen it? Has it been like this before? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, cause I've only been here for three years. Um, so to me, this is, so before there was, um, there was a rally a couple years ago that was a little worrisome. Um, but it was just like a one and done. It just kind of happened. You're talking about 2015? I think so. Yeah. So Confederate thing. That was, that was worrisome. Um, well there was, a, I think it was a KKK that was like just circled cause they couldn't get a permit. I think. But anyway, I don't know. That was all just rumors. Yeah. Um, but this is like this constant. We're constantly under curfews and we're under state of states of emergency. And, and it's just. I don't know. It's just really it's I don't know what's going on. And I'm one of those people that I like to know what's going on. I like to know what's going on in the future. Like, what's the plan? How long is this going to be? And yeah, I feel so like just, every day I get an email. It's like. You gotta be home at eight. I'm like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. And uh. and I think you know. I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for the city or anybody yeah. else, but you know, keeping people safe is the first concern. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do extreme things to keep people safe because mm-hmm. you don't know any other way to do it. Yeah. Um. And again, I don't know. I don't make that decision. I'm not a part of that. Um. And I I want people to be safe i want people to have the opportunity to use their voices Mm -hmm. and i really wish sometimes that people would um have a conversation and i think it's hard yeah in when people are so passionate and sometimes our mouths are open and not our ears and 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 I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes we have to say what we feel and what our truth is. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we can find some common ground, because there is, yeah, there, yeah, at yeah. the human level, there always is. You know, people are in pain, and they want people to hear mm-hmm. what their pain is. Yeah, you know, they feel threatened for whatever reason. Um, 
Yeah. First, you must seek to understand, exactly. then be understood. Exactly. And we don't always do a good job of that. Is that a Bible thing? No. 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 Covey. Right? Yeah. Stephen mm-hmm. Covey. Yeah. So I almost feel at this point you have two groups in downtown Graham, and they are literally doing the exact same thing, just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they're one and the same. And then there's this big group in the middle that just wants one. I think we want the city to say, or just, I say the city, but I just mean the, the powers, the people that have power in the community. Powers that be. Yeah. To say, we see you, we hear you, we support you. Let's have this conversation. Um, and we're not getting that conversation. It feels like we're getting shut down before we can even start to have that conversation. Um, yeah, I feel like that's where like a lot of people, there's these extremes on both sides. Um, but there's this big group in the middle that's just like, we just want to talk this out. And then we're like, hello, can we ask you a question? <laughs> and <laughs> can I, think, I get in here? <laughs> I think there are conversations happening, but oh, are those new newsworthy? Are we going to put that in are people gonna, you know, tweet that, put no. that on Facebook, put it no. in the newspaper? No, they're not talking about the conversation that really is happening. Yeah, I think yeah. people need to be careful with the words that they use too, because mm-hmm. Times News front cover today said something about Alamance is racist. Alamance is racist. Oh. Which well, I, racism in Alamance, I think. Racism, in, which I do think there are racists in Alamance, but. I feel like people are just assuming now, if you live in Graham, yeah, you're a racist, which is totally not true. No. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, and I mean, I, 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 I can feel that in a lot of ways. When I went to college a million years ago, <laughs> they would make jokes about Alamance County, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm in the room. Yeah. I'm in the room. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't apply to me. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, and it wasn't about that necessarily. <laughs> Just like, yeah. why are you, why are you dogging my hometown? Yeah. Get off me! Um, and even now, I get that a lot. I, I have some very well-meaning friends mm-hmm. who say you're one of the good ones. You're one of the good and ones. I'm like, do you think all my friends and family in my profession are these giant? jerks that want to hurt people yeah well they're not well that's the stigma though yeah that is that is alamance county Mm -hmm. that's the stigma and how do we how do we go how do we get past that how do we break that stigma i have no idea any change takes a lot of time it does and me and renee were talking about this the other day about it was it wasn't that long ago women were not even allowed to vote and it took them how many years so the fight was for 80 years, but and now it's 100 years is our you know, yes. centennial. Yeah. And that doesn't even cover all women. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of women, it took a longer time. Yeah. yeah. So it took that fight took 83 years. So it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now people want instant gratification. Yeah. So it's really hard for people to understand like it just it's not going to happen tomorrow like it's gonna take some time you just picture them at a table going this is what i'd like yeah and then they want that in return yeah like that's not really yeah it's not how that works and anything that it's a constant fight because i i want to say the era was once ratified in north carolina and then it's been rescinded since then 
where it's like, you know, you have to continuously fight for it because it could just get taken away again. Yeah. They took her germs off the record. Do you like Trump? <laughs> Can I ask that question? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that question. You don't have to answer that question. I vote every time <sighs> I get the opportunity. Now, there are some local elections that I felt uneducated about where I, would, I wouldn't vote mm-hmm. because I just like, is this an informed vote? Then maybe I think there was like one time I didn't go vote. Yeah. But I try very hard yeah. to understand and to vote for the person I think is going to do the best job. Because yeah. Do we really truly know people? No, I mean, no, we don't. Uh-huh. We can't uh-huh. trust anybody. Uh-huh. So do you have any more questions? No, I think I'm good. I do. I have to tell you, my... Uh, growing up, I wanted to, I never wanted to be a cop, but I definitely wanted to be a detective. Yeah. I th- just always thought that'd be so cool. And, and it, 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 Do you have to be a cop before you can be a detective? Yeah. You have to, right? I mean, <laughs> there are some places where maybe you could go directly into an investigator's job. I but, mean, I would love it. But, and I, and I had a, a member of my family who was just like, well, they're offering me a job. I could be a detective first off. And I was like, how you going, well, how you going to detect those streets when you haven't walked them yeah i mean that, that uh, you makes gotta sense. build some contacts you gotta get get to know a place you gotta build your foundation before you can do that and I, and I say that being somebody who spent less than a year on the streets before i became a detective but yeah um you know so i didn't have a whole lot of time yeah um and it yeah a lot of it is can be action-packed mm-hmm. fun and i mean even when you're a, a uniformed patrol officer yeah you're doing some of that work yeah a lot of times you're especially in a small town you might not have somebody who's you know going to get that case yeah you got to work it yourself yeah. so you know and it's so interesting it, it is and i gotta be honest about where um some of my interest in becoming a cop was and that was you know ted bundy and all Ooh. that stuff like i'm like what the what is wrong with these people? Why are they killing many, many folks? And I think you know, that, that was that's that, what that was fascinates me is not the murders, but the what goes on in their brains, like the mm-hmm. psychology behind it sure. is so fascinating to me. Humans it's insane. Are, humans are amazing creatures. The brain is yeah, just is. wackadoo. It's wackadoo. There's so many paths. Ted Bundy, teeth marks, got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was yeah. crap science. Yeah. It, it, it come, yeah. It has come out now to just be like the not true at all. <laughs> so maybe he didn't do it. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. Yeah. He did it. <laughs> so I do have a question. And this might be a good like ending question is what as citizens can we do to support and help our police officers in our community? Good question. Um, I think this not only applies to this question, but a lot in general mm-hmm. is um, just take a breath and realize that you don't know everything about a situation. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of dynamics that go into any situation. A lot of people people bring their bucket of rocks, rocks, um, and, or their training, their experience, and you know, it, it's not always safe mm-hmm. or healthy to be the hey y'all police officer. You know, it's not yeah. always. Sometimes police officers come off as rude when they're trying to be professional and stay safe. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that just trying, I don't, I don't know that when I teach this, um, when you have training on how to conduct a traffic stop, I don't know if you've ever noticed, I mean, you know, you like getting pulled over, right? Mm, I love it. <laughs> so when you approach a car, you touch the back. The, the trunk? Yeah. You can touch that you area. Put your fingerprints on it? Yeah, in case they kill you. <gasps> Crystal. It, I mean, if you think I'm about that every now, time, all the time you, you go into a traffic stop, yeah. I mean, this is what they teach you in school because if, if something <gasps> goes down, because traffic stops are dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't know. Well, you're the walking up there blind. They're dragging. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they might have just committed a crime yeah. and we don't know about it and they're trying to get away. Who knows? You know, or it could be somebody who this was their first traffic stop and they're just nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of unknowns back and forth. So, yeah. I got pulled over once and I just had a really, really bad day at work. So I was just like bawling. And then I forgot to turn on my headlights and I was like downtown. So it was like street lights and he like pulled me over and I'm just sobbing. And he was completely just like, I don't know what to do in this situation. <laughs> I was like, it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not you. I'm just bad day. I called the cops one time in my whole entire life. Yeah. I, I, was, I went to ECU. I lived in Greenville. I lived on campus. Me and my friend Molly were walking to the parking lot to get into her car. And I noticed a car with two guys in it. And they were driving really slow through the parking lot. And they were going up and down and up and down the aisles. So I looked at Molly because I saw him. I said, "Molly, get your keys. We need to get the car because I don't know what these I don't know what these people are doing." So she she got her keys and we got in the car, and and they came right past us as soon as we got into the car. And I don't know what just something in me was like. I need I need to call somebody. So I actually called ECUPD, and I had completely forgotten about it after I got off the phone. And that night I was watching the news. And my voice, my 911 call was on the news. The two guys that were in that car were from Henderson. They killed an 86-year-old woman and her mentally challenged 50-year-old son, stole their car, and drove to Greenville. Their car was slam-packed with guns, weapons, and there was basically, they were looking for another car to steal. Now, had we not gotten in that car, had me and Molly not been vigilant, who knows what would have happened? Who knows? There was a, wow. there was like a foot chase. The ECUPD came. They got out of the car. They took off running. It was, it was crazy. And then the chief, I think, I guess that's what you call the. I don't, I don't know how like college police work, but the chief of police. She was this woman. And she came on the news and she said, we want the ECU student to come forward. They called. And I was like, no, I ain't going to do that. Then everybody's going to know who I am. <laughs> like, what if they come after me? But I went, I just walked into the, the police department one day and, and shook her hand. And she was like, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, girl, anytime you need help, you just call me. <laughs> you just call me and let me know. I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean... I think being uh, vigilant, just keep your eyes open, is uh, yeah. it's really important. Be observant. And share. You yeah. Know? I mean, we it, see something, say something. It's it's a partnership. Yeah. We, we can prepare for things and get better information mm -hmm. if we work together. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's what most 
officers want to do is to protect folks and make communities safe. Yeah. Let's all work together. And there should be a police buddy system. Like everyone adopt a cop. Adopt a cop. Yeah. We adopt Crystal. We call her. (laughs) Debs. All right. So let's, I don't want to end by Dr. Phil quote. No matter how flat you make it, a pancake always has two sides. Nice. You get it? (laughs) I love Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. He said that all the time. Dr. Phil always. from someone. Did he swipe it? I feel like I've seen that on a documentary and then someone had a fucking spatula oh they stole it from dr phil <laughs> yeah, all right grandma did it i don't know anyway thank you so much <laughs> crystal we appreciate your time we know your time is important and thank you for coming sure. we really appreciate it thank you guys for listening everyone have a good week bye bye, bye.